Hello, it's Caroline, and I'm here to tell you that the episode you're about to listen to was recorded a long time ago, back when I used Patreon, back when I ran lots of different workshops and programs that I do not run anymore, and back before the Fuck It Diet book. So if I refer to any of these obsolete offerings while you're listening, just know that even though my Patreon and other programs don't exist anymore, you can find helpful resources by going to thefuckadiet.com slash more. You can also read the beginning of the Fuck It Diet book for free from my site. Lastly, this podcast is extremely messy. And it was actually intentionally messy and unstructured because that was the only way I could inspire myself to start and continue this podcast. I needed the lowest stakes possible. And though this podcast remains very low budget and has remained messy throughout the years until now, if you want slightly more structured and streamlined episodes, listen to the more recent episodes. All right, enjoy. Welcome to episode... Nope. (laughs) Welcome to episode... Fuck. Welcome to episode 12 of the Fuck It Diet Radio. I have a new idea for another sort of podcast episode that I can release for you guys. In addition to doing interviews, which I intend to continue doing with people that I respect and want to get to talk to about body positivity and normal eating, I am going to read my blog posts from the beginning all the way up until current blog posts. That might take, that might take, that may take a couple episodes, may take 20 episodes, I'm not sure. Um, We will see. It'll be casual. It'll be hopefully enlightening for both of us because there are blog posts that I have written and never read again. And, um, And there also are some things and some, some theories and ways of explaining things that I I think I've probably moved away from just naturally um, and accidentally. And and I do know that some of those first blog posts have been really helpful for people. And so I think just kind of re-exploring them will be interesting and hopefully helpful. Um, so that is what I'm planning on doing today. I'm going to read a couple blog posts. And... Um, and I'm excited. So what else is happening? I would like to just remind you that if you have not subscribed on iTunes, you should go do that and you can listen on your phone or device or computer. You can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes, which is so helpful to get in front of other people who are looking for similar podcasts and may want to listen to this one. It's just really, really helpful, even if you just give it five stars and and don't review it. But reading those reviews is also really, really helpful. And I love reading the reviews. It makes me so happy to hear what you guys think. So thank you to everyone who has rated and reviewed. I appreciate it a lot. And lastly, if you want to support me uh, producing this podcast more often, please consider supporting at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Caroline Dooner. You can support this podcast for as low as $1 a month and it really does add up and it really does help. It helps me host. It helps me put aside the time to record and edit and release and market this podcast. So it really does help. It will help me be able to do this more and 
I am already helped out by the contributions that are already there. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, so without further ado, I'm going to start reading my blog that I started in 2012. I started the blog and the site about five months after I had my epiphany that I talk about a lot, that epiphany, you know, in my bathroom on my birthday after I'd binged on squash pancakes. I didn't start the fuck it diet until months later after I'd been doing it for a little while. I mean, I didn't start writing about the fuck it diet until I'd been doing it for a little while and started doing the artist's way and writing these morning pages and the idea for the fuck it diet and that that's how I felt and that's what I would like to write about and share with people who may feel similarly. Um, That's where the idea for that title came and I kind of started it right away and I didn't, I didn't, I'd learned a lot about online businesses and how to set up for, for, you know, collecting email addresses so I could get in touch with people. (coughs) Oh, sorry, guys. Yes, I've been sick forever and I don't really know why. But I've heard, it makes me feel better when I hear from other people that they have also been sick forever with a cold. And then I've realized that it's not just me and I'm just a human who got a nasty cold that never goes away. So, anywho... Um, yes, I, I had tried to start a website because I really, I love writing and I really want to do, like, I always knew that I wanted, I'd love to have a website where I wrote about things that I cared about. Um, and a year before the fuck it diet, I tried to write one and it was called treat yourself well dash online.com. So I was trying to do something similar, but I hadn't had my epiphany about the fuck a diet yet, so it was not fuck a diet related. It was like more like how to eat like a French woman, which was my obsession for a very long time. Um, but I I didn't resonate with it. I didn't feel good, but I I did it. You know, I did. I followed the instructions, like have your own hosted WordPress site, so you can control everything, and so you can you know, customize it, blah, blah, blah. But when I started the fuck it diet, I was so, I was so tired and frustrated that I, you know, put so much energy into something that didn't end up feeling right. That I was like, I don't even care about doing all of that marketing stuff. I'm just going to start writing. I'm just going to start writing and I'm going to offer a little PDF for people who want to sign up to get it so I can get in touch with them. Um, and then I kind of, I kind of just was pretty passive about it. I was writing, but I started, um, I started working in an office, which I've only done for one year of my life. And it was that year. And it was the year that I was like, I'm miserable. I need to learn to eat normally. And I'm going to quit theater because it's really stressful and adding to all of the pressure that I'm putting on myself. I'm just going to try to be a normal person. Um, so I did that for a year. And, and the fuck it diet sort of just was this little side thing that I that – I, um, that I worked on sometimes and I, I updated how I felt and how it was going and the new things that I realized. But, um, it was a side thing for a while actually. And, um, with that background, I am going to start reading the posts. Oh, 
And for all of you who don't know, my name is Caroline Duner, and I am your host. My very first post is titled, Not About Anger. Alright, so the fuck it diet may have been shocking enough to catch your eye. Maybe you were wondering what I actually meant. Or maybe you have had similar expletive sentiments toward diets and food phobias. Or maybe you will never read this because you are highly offended. My mother would be. And she still is, actually. But either way, fuck it can have some negative connotations. I know. I know. I wrote I know twice. And it may seem like this entire site will be angry and an angry rampage against fitness trainers and healthy food and skinny people. But it won't be. There will, however, be a fair share of questioning our collective body image norms and challenging the images the media puts in our heads as appropriate. This will also be a place to challenge some of the things we think of as healthy and unhealthy. Certain food will be defended, ideas defended, but mostly peace of mind will be defended. Because... Once fuck it is used to make us realize that we don't have to listen to what diets have told us to do, there's a little space for peace. I have no intention of making this a place of rage or self-righteousness. Sure, a little healthy dose of self-righteousness can boost our confidence when needed, but this site will not be about adding more dogma into the world. This site will hopefully be a dogma buster. I'm smiling because I'm so glad that I've kept that up. And as I say in the about section, which at this point has (laughs) changed, (coughs) sorry that I'm podcasting with a cough, guys, that's annoying, but I just am. Um, As I say in the about section, the use of the site of, oh wait, the use on the site of the phrase fuck it is meant to be and become more of a spiritual phrase, like let go. Welcome to the fuck it diet. I hope this site can offer you some peace of mind. And then I have a pretty offensive picture of Jesus giving the finger and saying, calm down. (sighs) All right, that's the first post, and I still stand by it. And this is the second post. My my internet isn't working now, so it's not going to let me read it. (sighs) Come on, internet. Are you kidding me? Is this a joke? bad gateway my site keeps doing this does it keep doing it for you guys if my site keeps doing bad gateway for you guys let me know i don't understand why it's doing that oh my god hello are you kidding doesn't make any sense it just worked there is this problem is most commonly caused when there is a problem with ip communications between the web front and back ends Before you attempt to resolve this problem, you should clear your browser. Okay, well, it worked. All right, we're going to read Everything is Good for You, starting to bust food phobias. Here are some of the common food phobias held by healthy eating obsessors, and a short blurb for each explaining why they should not be feared at all. I'm not even getting into the fears of cooked food or animal products, etc. Those are both things that I've been afraid of in my life cooked food when I was a raw vegan and animal products also when I was a raw vegan. All right. First one, carbohydrates, the fear. Oh, they'll cause diabetes and weight gain and make your cells resistant to insulin, right? 
actually avoiding them makes your body think it's in starvation mode. It can diminish your thyroid function and your metabolism and put your body into a state of more insulin resistance in order to get needed sugars when you do need them. Sorry, when you do eat them. Let me say that again. Actually, avoiding sugar makes your body and carbohydrates makes your body think it is in starvation mode. It can diminish your thyroid function and metabolism and put your body into a state of more insulin resistance in order to get sugars when you do eat them. All right, then I talk about sugar specifically. Not only are carbs not the problem, but sugar is not inherently evil either. Oh no, now there's something in front of... Okay, And I cannot tell you how long I have been truly afraid of sugar. Eating too much of anything way past what the body wants and needs day after day is the only problem. Mild overeating or temporary overeating is not a concern, even of sugar. Villainizing sugar helps nothing and just creates mental stress and physical stress, while the addition of sugar can actually help physical stress. And then I link to an in-depth article about it, which I'll read later. Then I wrote, saturated fat. That's one typo that I need to work on. I told you guys also in one post that this would be an opportunity for me to see all of my typos. Um, Okay, saturated fat. Fat does not make you fat inherently. Thank God there's been some swing back against the fat-free fad of the 80s and 90s. Fat is satiating, protective, and critical for making all of your hormones. Saturated fat is also arguably healthier than unsaturated fat, which flies in the face of conventional wisdom. Though I don't prescribe to all of the paleo dogma, mostly a deep fear of polyunsaturated fats, carbs, and sugar. I linked to a good case for saturated fat in the diet. Then I move on to salt. Salt is good for you and very helpful if you are in a low metabolic and stressed adrenal state. Then I say, then I talk about my food phobia history. I have had some serious food phobias. For the past 10 years, and even until very recently, I thought I had good reasons to hide behind diets for health. Oh yes, mine was a noble cause, or so I thought. I have PCOS, and I put have in quotes because I just, I think that the blanket diagnosis is unhelpful because there are so many different ways that people have PCOS and so many different causes and I just take issue with the way they diagnose it but that is imbalanced hormones and the doctors link it to insulin resistance which means they say don't eat sugar watch your carbs eat sensibly control your weight and if you do those things you may be able to manage your incurable condition but only if you're lucky oh what a thing to tell a 14 year old at a perfectly normal weight even though normal weight is relative and skewed in our society when in truth i continue to say i think that my hormonal problems are mostly caused by environmental factors in conjunction with disordered eating habits and a hell of a lot of stress binge eating industrial produced fake foods my entire life binge eating caused by my mental food deprivation 
Thus began my fear of certain foods, and every year or so, when I moved on to my next militant regimen, the villain and the fear transferred to a new food group. Go figure. This alone proves that diets don't work, but I had to learn the hard way, as most people do. Not only were foods a pro- Uh, were foods a problem or did I believe that food was a problem but I literally felt guilty and anxious every time I was not sitting and that I was not exercising. I mean every time I was sitting. Fast forward to a few years ago I had a strong sense that diets weren't the answer and I was being drawn to intuitive eating. I knew I needed some mental relief from the burden I was carrying. The burden of if I don't find the answer my health will only further deteriorate and I felt like a ticking time bomb. But even though I knew that intuitive eating was the answer, I kept getting sucked back into diets for health, in quotes. I thought that I had to do modified intuitive eating. I thought that I was too sensitive to sugar or whatever the feared food a la mode was actually. Um, What did I write? I thought I was too sensitive to sugar or whatever fear food a la mode was to actually let go fully. That doesn't make any sense, but I was trying to say is... I thought that I was too sensitive to sugar to actually let go fully. Oh, that does make sense. It just is really hard to read. At times, I would have, ha- I would have intuitive eating success, or I th- what I thought was success, and then I'd get sucked back into diets and lose all the peaceful ground that I'd gained. This is because modified intuitive eating isn't the real deal. It isn't really intuitive eating. When you're, when you have fear and so many beliefs about what you should and shouldn't be eating. The latest alternative health diet escapade I went on was the paleo diet. No grains. It is supposed to cure everyone of all of their health problems ever. And maybe all of your earthly woes too. I read many instances where people were cured of PCOS on the paleo diet. Yes, I had finally found it. That is how I felt. But not me. All the diet did was make me frighteningly orthorexic again. So afraid of sugar. Grains are the evil. Gluten is the devil. Now, I know some people truly are sensitive to or allergic to gluten, and their avoidance can be legitimate. I, on the other hand, decided I must have gluten intolerance because apparently everyone does. Even though, and I put that in quotes because everyone does not. Even though there's no concrete evidence that I personally do. I even told people I did so I could avoid it in peace and heal. And then spread the word that gluten was causing all of their problems, which is something I liked to do too. I liked to preach about my diets. The sad thing is, I really was doing this for my health. I really was trying to take care of myself. I wanted balanced hormones and good sleep. Things were off. But I didn't realize that they were most likely off because also of years of denying myself certain foods. Even if I was not depriving myself calorically, I was always, one way or another, denying myself mentally. I convinced myself I didn't like the taste of sweet things at all. In retrospect, it was just the phobia of what sweet things were doing to me. Not a genuine dislike at all. And I really did feel horrible after eating sugar because I restricted it so much and so often that my body was getting worse at handling it. Use it or lose it. It's pretty true, actually, when it comes to carbohydrates. Even though I knew that my food fear was life-disrupting, it took going too low-carb, researching what was wrong with me, and finding ample evidence for carbs and sugar, among other things, that I now have come to believe are 100% healthy and important. That doesn't make any sense. But what I'm saying is that I now have come to believe 
that sugar and carbs and other things I was afraid of are 100% healthy and important in a normal life-sustaining diet. And slowly but surely, my body adapted to carbs again. Then I write about what's to come with the blog. I intend to write a series of posts that are much more in-depth on why the foods we fear are actually good for us. And even though I am a firm supporter and believer of whole, real, slow food, which I still am, guys, I will defend eating fake crap for the mentality and therapeutic use of saying fuck it to fear of foods. Bad food is not as harmful as we think, especially when eaten in the right mind frame. So, fuck it. All right. If my, my stupid internet is weird. Oh, weird. I just want to be able to read the next thing without having it tell me that my site doesn't work, which it's been telling me all the time. Okay. We can do it. We can do it. Okay. The next the next post is called, When Does Real Food Become a Problem? I'm so glad that it's not called, When Does Real Food Become a Real Problem? I think it might have been called that at one time. <laughs> All right, I hope that this is not a triggering post. You know, in the beginning, I was way more orthorexic than I am now, even though I really do gravitate towards whatever you would like to call real food, you know, and I don't define it because I don't like to define it because I think that's dogmatic and unhelpful. But this is what I wrote. There is a paradox in my food belief system. I believe in saying fuck you to weight loss industry, to the weight loss industry, and the diet fear mongers. But I can't help but generally like real whole foods the best. I think they're the best tasting. You can define real foods lots of ways, but I would define it generally as the most unrefined and sustainably produced versions of the foods we love. I could list specifics, but that would be entirely besides the point. Plus, the only reason I eat the way this way at this point is because I've truly developed a desire for these foods, and I think that that is the only reason that anyone should eat these foods. But when does real food become a problem? The answer is when it becomes a fixation. Even if real food is ideal, in quotes, we don't live in an ideal world. Our food is adulterated. Most food in restaurants is slightly, if not highly processed, even in the best restaurants. And if you ever want to eat out with your friends or have any flexibility, needing to stick to these parameters is absolutely absurd and stressful. If you are one of those people, like I was, who feels like you can't let your food standards guard down for health reasons, you're probably wrong. Unless you have a serious life-threatening food allergy or a strong immune reaction to certain foods like celiacs do, you have no need to micromanage your food, food purity. It simply isn't good for you, and it is definitely not fun. Sure, wanting the best for yourself and caring about where your food comes from is a good thing, but it is only sustainable, helpful, and life-enhancing if it comes out of a self-love and care, not fear. Orthorexia, which is the obsession of food purity, is not worth it. Our health is not as fragile and subject to the whim of an ingredient or meal as we think. Chemicals and preservatives and fake trans fat food are probably not health supporting, but the fear of them is worse. So fuck it. Guys, that was a great post. 
I feel so wise. I'm so glad that my old posts aren't horrible. There are some posts that were like so pointless and they were like things that I was just trying to do. Um, like little series that I didn't continue that didn't really have any information in them that I, I think I deleted like a year or two ago. Um, okay. Why I don't do cardio anymore. So this is my fourth blog post. I wrote treadmills to movement equals diets to eating. I have nothing against aerobic activity. Aerobic activities can be very fun. Skiing, hiking, swimming, ultimate frisbee, laser tag, what have you. It can be life-affirming, endorphin-releasing, and awesome. And walking, one of my favorite things to do is walking with my iPod, seriously. I wrote that then and I still stand by it now. But sustained cardio for long-term weight loss or even for health, not so much. Why? This is personal. This is a personal account. Why? Cardio makes me hungry. Cardio burns calories, so it makes you hungry, naturally. If you don't eat to hunger, your body thinks it is starving and you will be miserable, which lowers your metabolism too. So if you ever stop your militant regimen, it will be easy to gain weight. Even if you do eat to hunger, you will not necessarily lose weight because A plus B minus B equals A or something. I don't even know what I'm trying to say with that. And thirdly, if you are like me, you will be so hungry at night by trying to be good all day, you will overeat or binge and then gain weight anyway and be very mad. Number two, cardio stresses me out mentally. It lends itself easily to disordered eating mentalities. You burn something off. You pay for the food you ate earlier. It can easily become punitive and filled with guilty thoughts. I should have gone running this morning. I don't deserve to sit here so quietly doing cat's cradle. What? Also, intense cardio is hard, and I would dread it, and then not do it, and then feel guilty. Or I would do it and get addicted to its promise of everlasting beauty, and then what if I couldn't that day? And God, the showering logistics. That's so true, showering logistics. Okay, number three. Cardio stresses me out physically. Once it would become part of my militant regimen, I would undoubtedly injure my foot or my knee or from overuse and my God-given poor alignment. And then I wouldn't be able to stick to my regimen and it would stress me out mentally. See where I'm going with this? Number four, apparently it isn't that great anyway. It apparently increases systemic inflammation. It raises your cortisol and encourages muscle loss and fat storage, as well as being annoying and making me want to punch people in the face. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at my own jokes but like I keep thinking this is just going to be serious and then I write things like this you can read more here for some sciencey stuff I only have the wherewithal to speak on personal experience number five I have been thinner and calmer not doing cardio I have never been as thin doing moderate mo okay let me say that again I've never been as thin doing moderate or crazy cardio as I have been doing none or light cardio so there and of course I wrote, not that thin, not that being thin is the be-all, end-all anyway, but if anyone is doing maniacal cardio for the purpose of everlasting thinness, they should just beware. And also, reading some literature on cardio's health effects, it seems it is not all it was ever cracked up to be. So, what to do? If you want to do organized exercise, apparently random sprints and strength training are the way to go. Both things only need to be done a few times a week, if that. I personally now walk a lot in New York City and do 15 to 20 minutes of yoga in my room a few times a week. I might lift weight. I might lift weights if I didn't hate gyms so much. This is what I wrote four years ago. I now do less 
yoga than that. Um, but I do crave doing yoga because I crave stretching. But please figure out what works for you. And then I wrote, in the comments, I want to hear your relationship with cardio and whether you found it to be a lying bitch or not. Um, <laughs> I didn't even realize this. Somebody wrote really recently, <laughs> oh, uh, a, uh, a month ago, somebody wrote, cardio is a lying effing bitch. 40 plus years of maniacal running combined with anorexia, then disordered eating, seven days a week, no rest, constant 10Ks, marathons, and several triathlons. Stopped due to injuries, got fat, bad knees, back, ankles, almost chronic plantar fasciitis. Ugh, ugh, ugh. A walker since my first step stopped running became a maniacal walker. Oh, a walker since my first step stopped running and became a maniacal walker. Threw away the pedometer I had been wearing since for years on May 1st, and now I'm walking whenever I want, pace I want. I hate gym, always have. Still disordered eater. Hate my body. Hate running just because to come to terms with all this at 66 years. Oh, man. Well, that's just one account, and I don't think it's that abnormal. Um, but yeah, so cardio is a lying effing bitch, as as it's been confirmed by a commenter not very long ago. I used to have um, WordPress comments on, so there were comments on all of these posts, but I, at some point I turned off those comments, and now it's just Facebook comments, which, which I don't know why I did that, and I never get I never get notifications for Facebook comments on my blog for some reason. So if you have commented on a blog post um, with my Facebook comment app and I haven't responded to you, it's because I have no idea that you commented and I don't know what to do about that. Okay, I'm going to read another post. Letting go of health perfectionism. Stick with me on this one. A few weeks ago, I came to a big, big life-altering decision. I need to let go of my painful desire to be healthy. And I need to be okay with the idea and the possibility of never reaching my dream of ultimate health perfection. It may seem like a harmful thing to do. After all, it's not too bad to want to be healthy. But when I realize how much of my own life drama and misery has been caused by my attachment to and a fear of bad health, this decision started to look like the most liberating way to live. Past intuitive eating attempts. Before now, I have only ever half-heartedly let myself eat intuitively. It was so ingrained in me that my body specifically wasn't able to handle things like other people that thinking I could ever be like someone else eating normally seemed like a fantasy. Add to that all the things I had learned about food from diet fear mongers. My beliefs about my health were so limiting that there was only so good it could ever get. Not very good. Really amazing that I wrote my beliefs were limiting and now so much of my work is about limiting beliefs. All right, continuing. I thought that true normal eating was irresponsible. I was so afraid that if I made a wrong move or ate a wrong food, I would never be healthy. And so much of my ident identity for the past 10 years since I was a teenager has been through the lens of one, being unhealthy, and two, being desperate to find the cure. How unhealthy, you say? It should say, how unhealthy, you ask? 
Um, well, my health problems are sort of abstract. So in a way that makes a cure even harder. They deal with hormonal imbalance, which is an intricate intricate and complicated process in the body and I wanted to do it holistically I really believed that my body could heal but I wanted it so badly too badly you could argue yet symptom wise it's been mostly just bad skin amenorrhea at times or a like irregular cycle more recently and recently some bad sleep that's not recently now that's recently four years ago when I wrote this. And then always weight fluctuations, mostly because of my erratic eating, which messes with your metabolism. It all just became clear to me, since my health problems are really only cosmetic and not all that life hindering, and I've wasted so much time and happiness trying to fix them. What if I just let go? It's not like I got a diagnosis and never cared at all. I cared. I cared too much. So maybe the next evolution in my self-care is just to not care anymore. Transition time. During the past four months, this is what I wrote four years ago. During the past four months, I've been coming off paleo, gaining weight, dealing with deep-seated body issues, but all the while learning the reasons that sugar and friends really weren't going to ruin my life. While I was trying to let go of my deep-seated need to be thin, That was when I realized there was something even more debilitating that I needed to let go of, the health part. And ironically, during this whole period where I was deciding to not care about health, I was going to a natural doctor for the first time in five years. Turns out I was resistant to doctors too since they had proved so unhelpful before. He prescribed me natural progesterone because my levels were so low. And in the past, I would have not done it because it is not letting my body heal on its own. Fuck it. I'm doing it. I've tried a million and one things to naturally balance myself, and not a one thing has worked. Oh, and one more thing. During this whole past four months, I decided to take a break from theater. Yes, I am, and then I cross out am, was an actress. Compounded stressors. Compounded stressors much? Yep, but really, I don't want that stress anymore, especially not right now. There are some life stressors you cannot avoid, and there are some life stressors that you can. Detaching from the outcome. So, what if I stopped being a frightened orthorexic food Nazi and fed my body amply? What if I was to be thankful for 2012 (laughs) and this access to natural progesterone and yet still not be attached to the outcome? Because if it doesn't work, eh, eh, I don't know how to say that normally, eh, eh. Eh. If I always wear, oh, I wish I didn't, I wish I didn't write that. If I always wear this size of pants, eh. If I always have oily skin, eh. That's how I say it, eh. If I need to take fertility drugs to have kids, eh. If the polyunsaturated fats from my bi-weekly nachos at a restaurant inflame my body's issues, eh. If I sleep poorly because of hormonal imbalance for the rest of my life, okay, I don't particularly like this one, but eh. Fuck it. Seriously. Anybody have similar experiences, insight or tales to tell? Am I alone in this drama? Talk to me. And then there are no Facebook comments about this, so I can't read anything. All right, I should give an update on this, actually. Yeah, I did do the natural progesterone for a while, and it was an interesting and helpful way to get some sort of cycle. Um, And then since then I've been trying other things so maybe for the past two years I've been trying other things and then even more recently I've been working with a totally different natural doctor who is focused more on truly detoxing tissues and 
organs um, and supporting my particular body and genetic makeup in uh, communicating with itself better and it is a big reason why I am trying to do two years of rest because I need it and that is I think what my body really needs to be supported in healing just like this is just like a deeper version of letting go of uh, stressing about things and it's kind of just like this uh, intuitive pull that I know is important to me and yet still I need to remember to let go of the outcome because I don't know what you know I don't know what it will be and I don't know what's in store and I don't know you know how much help my body will need for the rest of my life or how much it really will be able to heal on its own but what's so interesting to me is you know healing my food stuff and becoming incredibly normal with food where I just don't care and I don't overthink it and I I eat pretty well you know considering I don't do much planning of it and pretty well is relative of course especially through the lens of the fuck it diet so what's so interesting is that having that not be an issue anymore and having my weight be pretty stable and now pretty low uh, especially compared to you know what what I always thought and by the way I'm not reading a post right now I'm talking in, in real time 2016 what I always thought my health needed and what I was told by certain doctors was that if I lose lose weight <laughs> if I lost weight I would um, my body would be healed and it's not and what's really kind of liberating and exciting of course I wish that my body was like healed by you know by me healing my eating I wish that it healed my entire body but it didn't and I think it was really supportive and helpful and I couldn't really do any of the things that I'm doing now for my health if I was obsessed about food and really erratic with my eating so it's definitely important and it's definitely good for your health and it's definitely good for your mental health and physical health but it's not um it's not necessarily our fault if and when we have health problems that are genetic or environmental or sometimes beyond our control and really need a lot of support to heal on a deep level not just taking a pill and sometimes taking a pill is what you need um but I know for me that that's just not the cure for like a a complicated and intricate imbalance that is mostly probably caused by years of just not being able to communicate with itself blah 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 I am not a doctor I am not telling you what to do with your health I really really support you getting in touch with your intuition and following that and letting go of health perfectionism and letting go of the outcome and understanding that throughout the process even when things aren't perfect or even when you don't have as much energy as you wish you did or even when your weight isn't what you always wished it would be you can still enjoy your life and live a really 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 full life um, and that, you know, life really does happen in the journey to wherever you think you're going. All right. I wonder how long this has been. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to stop reading 
my posts now and I'm going to make a little mark um I'm going to I'm going to just write down that this is where I left off so when I do another episode about this which might be pretty soon I have some um letting go of health perfection is where I left off um I have some interviews lined up and you know I should be getting those out too but it's possible that this series and this project where I read my own blog posts will be the next couple episodes it's really nice to see how consistent my uh my epiphany has stayed like it's remained very consistent over the past four years and I'm really happy about that and and it didn't need to be that way I mean you're there I've learned things too and I've deepened my understanding of what you know self-care and rest and you know compassion towards yourself is and I've um I've grown a lot from doing energy work on myself and I've grown a lot being able to offer energy work to you guys um but it's really cool to see that um, the fuck it diet has always been this way. So, all right. Thank you so much for listening to this. I really hope that it's helpful to hear it in this format. I have a best friend who hates reading and loves listening to things on audio. She just doesn't process visually by reading words very well and she prefers to listen and so I'm hoping for anyone else out there who's like this or who maybe hasn't gone to the beginning of my blog to read it through that this is an interesting and helpful way to hear the message of the fuck it diet all right what'll I do now my friends so last night I did my show my comedy show and I did it in Philadelphia and it was produced in a festival at a theater company that I absolutely love a comedy theater company that I've worked at before and I had you know it's a constant state of epiphanies I've been feeling this for a while but I'm just really over my show (laughs) I'm just over it I'm over myself in my show and it's a shame because you know, I have spent a lot of time on it, but I've just been feeling even for a year that I don't like, I thought the joke was funny. The memoir title joke the first time I did it. And I basically personally haven't thought it was funny since, but other people have thought it was funny and it had gone so well every time um, that I was like, well, I, I have to make this better. I have to figure out a way to perform it like like people perform stand-up where they're performing the same thing over and over again and like it's the first time, you know, and it's like it is the show and, you know, you're committing to it and refining it and making it better. But last night, after a very successful show and a really fun day with really smart people who were so helpful in making this particular show the best that it could be for what it was and what it wanted to be, um... I am over my show and so I I'm gonna take like a really long time off doing one woman shows and that feels really right and what I love doing is doing this podcast and writing the fuck a diet and writing the fuck a diet book and running the programs and 
doing um, the acting jobs that have been coming along now, which is something that I thought I wasn't going to keep doing because it felt really hard and really not fun to seek out acting jobs. I don't like the business side of it, whereas I really don't mind the business side and the marketing side of the fuck a diet at all. I actually really like it. Um, so I decided I was really just going to focus on the fuck a diet and I was really going to just rest and write that book and run the programs and connect with you guys and do the podcast. But then these acting gigs have been coming along and I love acting. And so the ones that have felt right, I've taken in Philadelphia where I'm moving in two weeks. Um, so that, I don't, you don't care, but that's what I've been dealing with over the past 24 hours. Um, okay. So that's my update. Again, thank you so much for listening to this. Please subscribe on iTunes, rate and review on iTunes. And if you can support this podcast on patreon.com slash Caroline Duner for as little as $1 a month, it will help me with the hosting fees and the time that is spent into, um, the time that is spent into, do you spend time into? You don't, you don't Caroline, you don't. The time that is spent on this podcast. Okay. Um, I'm going to sing. Okay. I went to my friend's wedding on Sunday and it was such a beautiful wedding. Um, and the first song they danced to or their first dance or their wedding song. I don't know much about weddings, so I don't know what it was, but it was, um, it was the book of love, which I had heard, I think in passing and it didn't stick out to me that much, but it, is the most beautiful song in the world and it's sung by this man with an extremely deep voice and he's not a very good singer but he's a brilliant musician and songwriter and the song is just so good um and I basically listened to it non-stop the day afterwards and just cried a lot just because it was like running through my veins and my cells and so good so I learned it and I'm gonna sing it for you guys just for the hell of it, because this part of this podcast is pointless songs at the end um, that make me happy. The book of love is long and boring can lift the damn thing It's full of charts and facts and figures And instructions for dancing But I I love it when you read to me That's where music comes from Some of it is just transcendental Some of it is just really dumb But I I love it when you sing to me And 
promising me anything The book of love is long and boring And written very long ago Filled with flowers and heart-shaped boxes And things we're all too young to know But I, I love it when you give me things And you You can give me like this. I, I love it when you give me things and you, you ought to give me wedding rings. I, I love it when you give me things and you you ought to give me wedding